to the second episode of What's Up With You. I'm here, uh, Ben Steiner, alongside Justin Levine. Justin, how are you doing? Good, thanks. How are you? Pretty good. I mean, uh, quarantine is uh, getting a bit boring. I don't know what you've been up to, uh, but for me, it's been pretty boring. Yeah, uh, it's certainly been pretty boring and not, not being able to get out of the house and, you know, live a normal life is certainly difficult, whether it be uh, shopping or just really being around friends or family. So uh, I definitely relate with you there. Yeah, like I went down to the uh, beach today and there were people out, but it was pretty scattered uh, kind of in Vancouver down at the beach. But at least 20 feet of space so definitely people doing well on the social distancing i think we can see that through some of bc stats some of the best in the country is bc and uh maybe if we had uh, the nhl or any other sports league just in british columbia we might get it back a little bit sooner um but of course <laughs> that's not the case is it no certainly not uh ontario uh where i'm located is a little worse off than you are uh social distancing well, in recent days, it's shown a trend of going down. We have uh, unfortunately spiked back up. Um, and wh- while that's not only backlogs, it's also showing that, that there are people not respecting it. So we've got ways to go. But um, I mean, hey, what can you do? This might go on a while. Yeah, it might go on a while. I guess the one hope we have here at 49 is that it does end at least to an extent before August, late August, when the U Sports season gets started. Uh, speaking of U Sports, we're going to get into a couple topics today. Uh, I wrote a piece on the OUA West recruits for men's hockey. We'll get into that. We'll get into a bit of the OUA East. I know you have a few guys that you've kind of circled as guys to watch for next year. We'll get into our hashtag competition. Uh, we're right in the final right now. It's the Nipsing Lakers hashtag Northern NU Uprising uh, versus the Memorial University Seahawks out from Atlantic Canada hashtag We Fly Together. I'll speak a bit about some of the soccer recruits that stand out to me. Um, and then we'll get back to whatever we were doing in our quarantines, whether it's dinner or video games, or I don't know what you might be up to. Um, but if we want to get started on the recruiting, there were definitely some big recruits. If we just go through the list kind of quickly, uh, Toronto Varsity Blues, uh, the team that choked in the first round, they got Quinn Hanna and Hayden Davis from the OJHL, but they both played in the OHL and they're probably getting Cole Perbu as well, who I think we'll definitely touch on later in this episode. He is coming from the Windsor Spitfires and actually won the Memorial Cup with them alongside NHL prospects such as Michael DiPietro on the Vancouver Canucks. And then, of course, both of us are very familiar with the Ryerson Rams. They have Elijah Roberts from the OHL, uh, Kyle Ballers, the OJHL's leading scorer, and Ryan Wells from the GOJHL. So, Justin, if you were to talk about some of the guys you've highlighted, who would they be? Uh, for starters, I would go, like you said, Cole Perbu, a former Oshawa general uh, and most recently a member of the Windsor Spitfires. Uh, that's one they wanted to keep an eye on. I mean, if you look at his numbers from this past season in 59 games, played 20 goals, 24 assists, and that ended up with uh, total points of 44 and just 16 penalty minutes. Uh, he is a very promising talent, and uh, at that, a right winger. Uh, he's got a good height of six three that he can that he can bring to the ice, and while his offense is great, so is his defense. Uh, he is surely uh, top of the charts for me if you're looking at recruits for the coming season. And how about some of your other guys? I know that you had a couple guys on the University of Ottawa uh, that you were talking about, just because Ottawa they had to replace their entire roster after dis- disbanding their program a few years ago, 
This year they made the Queen's Cup final, but pretty much everyone's graduating. So they're bringing a lot of talent. Uh, who do you have your eyes on on the Ottawa GGs? Uh, for the Ottawa GGs, I saw kind of a number of uh, different things happening. And I mean, they've gotten a lot of guys from the QMJHL. Uh, they've kind of bounced around a little bit. So further to that extent, I'd, I mean, I'll start in the OHL, whereas I'm most familiar, Nick Isaacson. Uh, who was formerly a member of now the Mississauga Steelheads. Uh, he brings to the ice a lot of talent again, like Perbu. As He's at, uh, Nick, Nick Isaacson. He was rumored to be going to Ottawa, but he actually ended up at Guelph. Thank you for the correction. So uh, to that, we will move on. Bradley Chenier, who was, I believe, the assistant captain of the Sudbury Wolves. Chenier is very talented on the ice. He brings a lot of promise offensively, more so than, than his defense. And, I mean, when you look at his season, uh, I mean, this season was a little bit rocky and unjust, which is not the way you would want to see it, uh, at least his Sudbury time, because he was also a uh, North Bay Battalion. So, I mean, if you look at the goals for North Bay, 19, Sudbury, 8. And then with assists, 22 and 16, and 41 and 24. So, I mean, this is someone who's, again, in four different seasons, uh, split between two teams and a definitely promising item going to Ottawa. And he is someone to definitely build your team around. How important do you think it's going to be to create chemistry really quickly in the preseason, assuming we do get a preseason? Because it's basically a brand new team. Oh, it's going to be very important, especially with the number of players that Ottawa has lost now uh, after their run to the Queen's Cup. It's it's difficult, and I mean, yes, it does take time, but with preseason, it's going to be not only important, but crucial that they get this right and that they get going on on a good foot um, because they want to make it to the playoffs again. But with the, again, with the significant number lost, this is something to pay attention to. So um, it's definitely something very, very important. They have a few guys who are sticking around. Of course, they've been recruiting the last three years that they've been active, as well as their major recruitment class, rebuilding their program four years ago. Uh, one of those guys is Nicholas Matinet, uh, and there's also Jean Robin Mantha on the defense. How important is it to have defenders who know how to play with each other, especially when you're bringing in a whole group of new? Well, defenders? having experience anywhere uh, in terms of chemistry is is obviously a very important factor. But when you're bringing in a whole new set of players it i mean familiarity there's nothing that's more crucial than that because that in the sense they become the leadership because they've been there longer and they are a kid in that case at all so they they know more you know what what the team is built around and how they run and so i mean it's gonna be very important that uh they're looked to at least to start off um and then from that point on, Shenye will help lead that group along with, uh, if I had to guess, I'd probably say Anthony Poulin, though very easily they might look to Keenan McIsaac as well. Another team that uh, has been pretty active this week especially is the Ryerson Rams in the OUA West. They've got Elijah Roberts, Kyle Ballers, and Ryan Wells. Uh, if you were to speak about Roberts for a second and then I'll, I'll speak about uh, the other two, what do you see in Roberts, and what's he going to add to that Ryerson Rams? Well, line? Roberts is a very strong defenseman, but not only that, he's also a good two-way player, and that's something that Ryerson saw uh, when they recruited him from the Niagara Ice Dogs of the OHL, where uh, he finished the season with two goals, 14 assists for 16 total points. Now, while those numbers aren't you know pressing in terms of uh, offensive talent, uh, his defense, like I mentioned, there's a reason that he's 
that he's highly touted and that would be because of the play that he brings to the ice. He is very, very, very strong at keeping players not only on the other side of the ice, but keeping them away from him. And that's obviously very crucial when it comes to puck handling, keeping the puck in, in your own zone, making sure that your team is doing everything it can. And that's something that Roberts can absolutely bring and will bring uh, to the Ryerson Rams. And then they're also bringing in uh, the top scorer in the OJHL, um, Kyle Ballers. He's coming from the Brantford 99ers. He's one of three guys actually from that Brantford program that's graduated to U Sports. And there's a few guys also going to Div 1 in the NCAA. Uh, Ballers comes to Ryerson. He scored 86 points in 52 games. I think both you and I, even though we didn't watch a lot of the OJHL, we can look at that number and think that that's exceptional. Oh, absolutely. It's exceptional. I mean, you, these are, yes, these are kind of numbers that you do happen to see in the OJHL, and that's because of the difference in, you know, level playing that, that they're going on. Because, I mean, not only that, but if you look at Ryan Wells, another acquisition, I mean, in this, the GOJHL, 23 goals, 49 assists, 47 games played. I mean, these are stellar numbers in the setting that Ryerson's looking to. So, yes, while uh, in comparison to o- OHL, it's certainly different. 39 goals, 52 reg season games, along with 86 points. I mean, hello. Though, why, why wouldn't you want to have him on your team? And he's a former member of the Saugana Spirit of OHL. So he's familiar with that way of play and, and does bring experience in, in part to the Rams for that reason. Yeah, something sort of interesting about there's a few different parallel players that have kind of intertwined their times with um, Kyle Ballers. One of them is Hayden Davis, uh, who played a bit with the Saginaw Spirit, even played in the Canada Russia OHL series a couple of years ago. Um, he's joining the Toronto Varsity Blues. Anything you can talk about Hayden Davis? Um, I actually didn't watch Hayden Davis very much. Um, I've heard that he's quite the talent, but uh, I can't really speak as far as anything that he brings to the team other than he's a solid acquisition. That's the main word going around. Another kind of parallel that Kyle Ballers has is with Connor Alley, who has been recruited and committed to the Laurier Golden Hawks, your school, actually. Uh, Both of them played for the Jamaican junior team, believe it or not. Uh, I personally didn't know that Jamaica had such a hockey program. Uh, Little did I know that they actually played against a bunch of teams in Canada at one point, and Connor Alley, defenseman for uh, now the Laurier Golden Hawks, and Kyle Ballers both uh, played with them. I, I know you had a few other players you wanted to look at before we move on to some other topics. And who, who would those uh, guys be? Okay, so Aiden Brown, who played this past season with the Barry Colts of the OHL, that's certainly one that many are going to have their eye on. I mean, A, why wouldn't you? 57 games played, 20 goals, 27 assists for 47 points. That's one that's going to stand out when he joins the University of Guelph this coming year. Uh, and he'll be, I believe, only one of two players able to join that team uh, active-wise, with the other one being and Nick Isaacson from the Mississauga Steelheads. Uh, they've also recru- recruited uh, goaltender Colton Inchsney. I don't know. I probably butchered that name, but uh, he seems like a solid goaltender. Uh, he has some o- OHL experience like a lot of these guys. Um, how important is it to bring in young goaltenders into youth sports? Oh, it's always important to bring young goaltenders into youth sports. I mean, it's it, it's really it all comes down to security and and how and how the fit plays out with your team, and that can go anywhere from really poor to really good, or really good to really poor really quickly. But um, I mean, obviously, when you're coming from the OJHL and the OHL, 
where they experienced fairly similar. You'd think that that's not going to, that's not something that's going to change too much. And it's just only going to motivate him. The fact that he got recruited to continue pushing uh, the talent that he has. And he has only gotten better uh, this year with the Brantford 99ers, the OJHL, uh, a GAA of 3.23 in 47 games played with a 0.908 save percentage. So, I mean, this is someone who they saw potential in. And, I mean, as someone who played four, four seasons, sorry, three seasons in the OHL, one split between Niagara and Windsor, uh, there's lots of hope here that he will be a good fit between the pipes. Another one of the guys they brought in is a little different. It's uh, Lucas Chiotto. He played for the FASA Falcons, which I just think is a beautiful name for a sports team. I love the word Falcon. Uh, and he played in the Alps Hockey League uh, in Italy, um, which is it's definitely cool that they're bringing him in. But he won't be able to play this year uh, because he played a full year professionally. What do you think of the redshirt rule? And should guys who play professionally be able to step right into U sports? Or do you think it's good the way it is? You know what? I mean, I see it in two ways. I can understand why this rule takes effect. But um, yeah, I guess I'd be... I'd be all for saying if someone really shows that they've got the talent and they've been recruited and uh, despite that, you know, eligibility rule, I do think that's important that um, they, that they make, that they, you know, make those choices of those who fit best and they kind of work from that angle. So she should have been brought in. Well, I mean, with 17 goals and 37 assists for 54 points, one would one would say after 42 games with those numbers, that's one that you don't even, you don't skip on despite the eligibility rule. And I mean that if you look at the WHL with with their um, exceptional status rule, it's kind of something like that, and where you can cut through it, and it can be cut through. And I think that uh, new sports is something that maybe they could they consider doing in the future because this is one one hell of a good player. And um, I mean Guelph again, lucky to have uh, such a good scouting staff uh, who now gotten three solid players it probably helps to win the championship in recruiting players because uh whatever level you're going to be at you want to win right so it definitely does aid them in approaching players if it comes to against another school maybe uh one of the other schools that has kind of blown me away is the york lions and how they've done in their recruiting they've brought in four guys um and i've just been pretty happy with the guys they brought in. There's Dallas Maurovich, Brandon Bonello, a former OHL goaltender for the um, Kingston Frontenacs, I believe. Uh, CJ Clark uh, played for the Mississauga Steelheads. But one of the recruits that blew me away out of any of the recruits that we're talking about in the OUA, East or West, it's going to be Connor Sankin coming from the Damon Buccaneers in the USHL. He's a puck moving defenseman. Uh, he was actually highlighted by Elite Prospects ringside uh, writer Joey Padmahan uh, earlier today about his puck movement. He didn't light it up offensively this year with seven points in 46 games, but he's definitely an interesting recruit because he has OHL experience. He played in the USHL. You don't see many USHL guys coming to sports. No, you really don't. And that's something that, uh, I mean, at this time, the Kitchener Rangers are kind of dealing with themselves in the OHL with Adam Fentilli and the whole thing there that just went down in the OHL draft uh, about a weekend ago. Um, and no, again, you don't, this isn't something that you see often. And it's a matter of best fit. Um, but really, that's that's all it comes down to. It's just not. There, there's a split that happens in hockey sometimes, and this just happens to be one of them. It's not something that 
this is not your typical route, but it is the route that's been chosen. So Connor Sankin, good defenseman. Brennan Minello, probably a solid goalie. He's going to fight it out uh, to be the backup goalie of the York Lions uh, alongside Dalton Ewing. Um, Dalton Ewing didn't play a game for York this year. Uh, he actually posted on Instagram that he played more minutes in a Maple Leafs uniform because he was part of their outdoor practice in their Legends game as one of the younger goalies, so the old guys don't pull a hamstring. Uh, so he played more minutes in a Maple Leafs uniform than he did in the Lions uniform. He and Benello are going to back up uh, Cole Cece next year. That's my bet for the York Lions. Um, if we move on to another team, the Waterloo Warriors brought in one of the toughest guys in the OHL. Daniel Walker has joined the Waterloo Warriors. And I know Waterloo, they really struggled this year, but Daniel Walker is certainly adding a bit of a uh, a bit of grit to their offense. Yeah, he's, uh, I mean, his numbers have never really skyrocketed per se, but however, that goes without saying that once he gets on his game, there is no stopping him. And yes, it's taken him time to find his rhythm, and that's both with the North Bay Battalion and Oshawa Generals. However, once he does it, once he's in full-fledged motion, you can't stop the guy. And that's that's just the reality of that. This season, 18 games played, three goals, four assists, seven points. Now, these again, these aren't exceptionally high numbers. However, last year's weren't a whole ton better. And that's, I mean, with six goals and three assists, nine points. Not a huge difference. And I mean, I could keep going up and there don't really change a whole lot. But he can be a significant uh, helper. And that's something that Waterloo saw in him. He's a physical guy. He's been out with injury for a little while, but he did say uh, in an interview to the OHL uh, website that he's training, and if the season started tomorrow, he'd be ready to go. One of the thing that things that blows me away is he played 153 OHL games, but he had over 300 penalty minutes. That's crazy. Like, of course, he can't fight in the OUA or anywhere in U Sports, but 300 penalty minutes in 153 games, even if you take away those five-minute major penalties from fighting, that's an exceptionally high number. Uh, it, he's going to be a scary guy for OUA teams to come up against next Oh, year. yeah, for sure. I mean, if you look at another former OHLer in CJ Clark, or no matter where you see, you're not going to see numbers that are that high. I mean, with the Flint Firebirds and Peterborough Peets, along with the Mississauga Steelheads, he collected numbers of 16, 27, 25, 10, and 9. Now, that's not going to equal 300. As a matter of fact, it's not even close. So, I mean, it's that's crazy. You just it, that's not that's not your typical thing in the, in junior hockey. You don't see that. And so, yes, when you mentioned the grit, that's something that Walker will bring. And while he's going to have to find a way to transition that uh, with Waterloo, given uh, the restriction in play, um, I'm sure he'll he'll find a way to fit in and kind of bring that into an offensive bend and become more than just the average guy they were looking for. If you had to pick one team that was the most successful in their recruiting so far, who are you picking? Oh boy. Um, That's a great question. That's a great question, Ben. Um, I know we're both looking at our list here. We have all the players written down on a list, Um, but it just comes down to, you got to pick one team. Go ahead. Pick one team. Probably Ottawa. They've got a lot of uh, strong talent from the QMJHL along with Chenier, uh, someone who very quickly found a, a new role and a role that you don't usually find someone who gets, who just got traded having taken on. But um, 
again, leadership is going to be key there and get getting right back into the swing of things as if nothing really changed. That's, I'm convinced Ottawa is going to be able to pull it off. So they've got my vote. I mean, I would have said Queens with some talent that they've brought in and Calvin Martin, Anthony Popovich, and uh, perhaps as, as I've heard uh, from numerous sources in the OHL, Jonathan Yances from the Kitchener Rangers. Uh, that'll obviously would be one to keep an eye on still. Um <laughs> whenever he's ready to announce that as well as the school um but if we're again if i had to give it a winner i would absolutely go with the ggs definitely an interesting pick uh of course you got to they have to really replace the majority of their team next year um so it'll be interesting to see how they do for me it comes down to three oua west teams actually so there's the varsity blues i think when you bring in purbu he won the memorial cup so you're bringing in a guy who knows how to win, right? They struggled this year against the Western Mustangs. They got maybe a bit scared in the first round, and they couldn't get through. They couldn't win. So you're bringing in Purbu, a guy who knows how to win. That's my reasoning to pick uh, the Varsity Blues, if they indeed do land Purbu. The Guelph Griffins are bringing in probably the best all-round talent, as we, we've spoken about in Brown, Nick Isaacson, Colton Engineer, uh, and Lucas Chiodo as well, redshirting this year. Um, but I might have to go with a bit of a wild card here, and I'm going to say the Laurier Golden Hawks. They're bringing in Cole Wald and uh, Caleb Rich. They both played with the Amherst Ramblers in the Maritime Junior Hockey League, and then they're also bringing in Declan Graham and Connor Alley, two guys uh, who have experience in the OHL. Um, and you're bringing in guys who played together. You already have the chemistry there. They'll be settling into student-athlete life a bit easier, and uh, we can't forget student-athlete life. There's a lot of these players, they have dedicated their lives to hockey and suddenly they're going back to school after five years. Um, and then Declan Graham and Connor Alley, two strong players, Connor Alley. Uh, I mean, there's nothing wrong with him. We've, we've spoken about him uh, prior to this, but I'm going to have to go with the Laurier Golden Hawks. They might not be the flashiest names, but I think they could very well being uh, end up being the most valuable names uh, picked. Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, you have to keep in mind that these schools are looking to do, I mean, total transitions and get them, get get each other back into the Queen's Cup, uh, whether not just the finals, but keep in mind the playoffs itself. So um, these are all, in in a sense, great pickups in some way or another, but the chemistry there, I can absolutely understand why you've chosen to go with that route. Uh one of the interesting things is the OUA, we usually see them recruiting a lot sooner than we do uh, the AUS or Canada West. Uh, definitely a few rumors about Canada West coming out. AUS has announced a couple, um, couple players have committed to St. FX. Uh, we'll touch on all of those uh, in the next few weeks as their recruiting season heats up. Uh, but we did kind of figure to focus on the OUA uh, this week just because that's where a lot of the recruitments have been announced so far. Uh, one of the things that we have had a pretty good following on the site is our hashtag competition. Rich Coffee, who couldn't be with us tonight, uh, he ranked all the hashtags. Uh, he spoke about uh, a bit about that on last week's episode. He ranked all the hashtags, and we took the top 16, top four from each division. We put them into a bracket, and I think we can both say the engagement uh, from everyone, all our readers, uh, has been a lot bigger than we expected yeah um we're seeing a lot of interaction on twitter um with, with your, the polls that have been so 
greatly well done by you. So uh, first off, a uh, silent round of applause for you for doing that. Um, but these articles that have, been, that have been put together by by Rich, I mean, they just go, they go to show that people really have more of an interest in new sport than you really think they do. They're paying attention, not just to the sport, but to small things like the hashtags. And yes, while they're not, you know, life-changing, it's something that a team rallies around, just like any pro team rallies around. So, um, I mean, a round, round of applause to you guys for putting this together, because honestly, and not just saying this for myself, because as I've been one of those following, following the job you guys have done with it, but really, really well done because getting a lot of interaction. What would you pick as your best hashtag? Not necessarily one of the top 16 that uh, Rich had, but if you had to pick one that stands out to you. If I had to pick one that stands out to me, um, that's a great question. You know, I was kind of thinking earlier, Laurentian Voyagers with the fear of the noise. Um, but I was also thinking Laurier Golden Hawks soar above. That's kind of where I stand. Things that are kind of, they don't just, they're not just unique, but they tell a story and a, and a rally message as to what it is they're doing. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Uh, I like the two ones that we have in the final, uh, which is the Nipsing Lakers hashtag Northern Uprising, uh, as well as uh, Memorial hashtag We Fly Together. Um, there's a few that only look good on paper, which I guess is the point of a hashtag. That's uh, That would be hashtag We Are Rams for Ryerson. Uh, they have the middle R um, capitalized uh, with everything else lowercase. Uh, same with Northern Uprising with the N and the U uh, in Northern and Uprising capitalized. Uh, but if I had to pick one that I just love, I'm going to pick University of the Fraser Valley. Uh, we climb, we conquer. I was a bit disappointed to not see them go so far in our little tournament we have here. Um, I just think that's a great hashtag and uh, all props to uh, hashtag fear the conspiracy as well uh, over at Carleton University. Um, I know Griffin Porter is uh, one of the big guys around that hashtag, and uh, he was definitely a bit disappointed to see uh, that hashtag knocked out by Northern Uprising in the semifinal. Um, so I, we're in the final right now. We're going to see uh, who wins that. Probably it looks like Nipissing is going to end up winning that. So congratulations to them. Uh, but one other thing that we do have to touch on before we leave here today is some of the soccer recruits. We'll have a podcast a bit later that focuses a bit more on the soccer recruits, probably bring in uh, Ryerson Rams social media manager, uh, Emil Riga, as well as Joe Mastromatio on that podcast to talk about that a little. Um, but Connor Mirajic and Chris Lee are two guys who played with the Whitecaps um, uh, MLS Academy out in Vancouver, and they've committed to the University of British Columbia. So those two guys, they're joining a UBC team that already has some guys like Thomas Gardner, who was selected to play for Pacific FC in the Canadian Premier League. He also came through the Whitecaps program. Jordan Haynes also came through the Whitecaps program. They have a lot of guys who came through that Whitecaps program and are transitioning to UBC. That's not just a statement on UBC's recruitment, but also on the Whitecaps who kind of have an inability to hold on to uh, some high-level talent um, who end up going to U Sports, and that's partly why UBC is a pretty regular appearance in the national championship. Um, of course, they hosted it two years ago last year. They finished in fifth place in Montreal. Uh, and then another guy is Logan Reich, uh, committing to St. FX. He's a guy, uh, a very good defender. He's going to solidify St. FX's defense. St. FX did make the nationals last year, but they weren't exactly a force to be reckoned with. 
But Logan Wright can definitely help that out. He has experience in some of the top leagues in the Maritimes, uh, and he's going to help their team a lot. One of the other programs, we see the Whitecaps uh, supplying guys like Connor Mrazic and Chris Lee to the UBC Thunderbirds. But Ryerson University has also taken a couple guys uh, who were involved with the Toronto FC Academy. They've taken Jacob Carlos, a midfielder, uh, who spent time training with their uh, TFC Academy, as well as a bit of time in Portugal with some professional teams over there. Uh, he's a midfielder. He knows how to run the ball really well. He gets the ball. He moves it fast. Uh, Emil Riga actually wrote a uh, article breaking down his play for the Ryerson Rams website. He was just announced this week. He's going to help the Ryerson Rams midfield. Um, they lost a couple guys this year, uh, including uh, midfielder striker Abadiz Alchanti, who was actually named to the OUA All-Star team. Uh, so bringing in a guy like Jake McCarlos is going to re-solidify that. And then back on UBC, Mirajic and Lee, uh, they've always been strong. They're recognizable names to uh, Whitecaps fans. Um, and bringing them into U-Sports is definitely going to uh, help their team. So it's Mirajic and Lee to the UBC, Reich to St. FX, and Jacob Carlos to Ryerson. Three guys who spent time uh, in MLS academies. One guy who's a very solid maritime defender, and it's definitely going to raise the level of a bunch of these U-Sports teams. Uh, so I know that the uh, soccer beat uh, is a little more on uh, my side of the website because Justin uh, you're more of our hockey guy um, I think that's about it for this week uh, is there anything else you'd want to touch on in terms of hockey uh, honestly there's not really a whole lot to because of the pandemic that uh, continues to go onwards uh, to talk about in the hockey world however obviously we will continue to keep our listeners updated both on the website and via podcast on the latest OUA recruits and for that of Kendall West, as you said, as their um, recruiting season kind of starts to heat up. Uh, I think that's all we've got for this week. Uh, Rich is probably going to be back next week, but uh, it's been a pleasure having you here um, this week. Uh, of course, you and I are kind of the guys who hold the anchor on this podcast. So we'll uh, be coming back to all of you listeners uh, in the weeks to come. And um, we'll keep breaking as much news as we possibly can and offering as much insight as we possibly can. That certainly sounds like a plan. Thanks, Ben, for having me. Appreciate it.